makes me feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. This is the Conquer Local podcast, a show about billion-dollar sales leaders, marketers leading local economic growth, and entrepreneurs that have created their dream organizations. They want to share their secrets, giving you the distilled version of their extraordinary feats. Our hope is, with the tangible takeaways from each episode, you can rewire, rework, and reimagine your business. I'm George Leith. On this episode, we welcome Libby Gill. Executive coach, leadership expert, and award-winning author, Libby guides organizations to build culture based on an inspiring vision of the future. She's the former head of communications for Sony, Universal, and Turner Broadcasting, and was also the branding brain behind the launch of the Dr. Phil Show. Her clients include Bank of America, Disney, Marriott, Microsoft, and many more. She is the author of six books, including the award-winning You Unstuck and The Hope-Driven Leader. Libby's latest co-authored book, Leadership Reckoning, was published in January 2021. She's been featured on NPR, The Today Show, and in The New York Times, along with Time Magazine, The Wall Street Journal, and today, she finally is on the Conquer Local podcast. Get ready, Conquerors. Libby Gill is coming up next. Libby Gill joining us from Libby Gill and Company, and we're excited to have you on the Conquer Local podcast. Welcome, Libby. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So let's, I've, I've been dying to ask you this question. Uh-oh. I'm reading through all of the notes the team put together on Libby, and I see this that just jumps out at me, that you were behind the launch of the Dr. Phil show. Let's introduce you to our audience and get that story. I think that's got to be a doozy. Well, I was, uh, I, I had been working the corporate world for a long time, heading communications at three different Hollywood studios. And I had just been thinking about starting my own business, which turned into a coaching business. But along about that time, I got a call from the chairman of Paramount Television, who said they were launching the Dr. Phil show. I knew who he was, of course, because he was on Oprah. And they needed somebody to really create a brand and a media launch around him. He was a very polarizing guy on Oprah. And the ratings, you know, television loves polarizing people. You either love them or love to hate them. And the ratings were always through the roof when he was on that show. So I came on while he was still on Oprah before his show launched. And together, we really sort of cemented that brand. And it was great fun. I stayed around for the first season and a half. And we, it was the biggest launch in uh, daytime television since Oprah. So we did a, a pretty good job of getting his message out there. 
Well, I think now we have everybody's attention as to why they should listen to Libby. So that's a great uh, reason to believe. So thank you for that. Now I want to talk about Libby as the author. You did touch on it briefly there. Executive coach, leadership expert, award-winning author. Love to understand about how that got started. And you've written a number of uh, a number of books. So let's kind of go through the, the uh, chronological order of, of that uh, work as an author. Okay. Uh, Well, when I left the corporate world, I was sort of looking around for what's my next move. And I decided what I really loved was building teams, helping people succeed, helping people become better leaders. And that's what I'd always done inside organizations. So I thought, well, let me figure out how to do that on my own. Never really thought about having my business and my own business. By then I'm getting divorced, sole support of the family, two kids. Uh, It it was about as complicated as it could be, which uh, I really had no clue what I was doing, but I knew what I wanted to do. So I just decided this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start coaching people to figure out their own career path. And it started while I was still in the entertainment industry or just leaving it. Uh, to help people get into that industry, which is pretty quirky and can be very difficult, or to get out of that industry and figure out what they wanted to do next. And it just grew from there. And I started writing a book about my own life and at professional transition. And that was a book called Traveling Hopefully. There's a great George Lewis Stevenson quote, to travel hopefully is a better thing than to arrive. And that kind of started it all. And from there, I wrote a branding book called Capture the Mindshare. I wrote a book called You Unstuck, which was really for my clients, some who could sort of move into the future and others who just had a really hard time letting go and moving on. And now it's six books later, and I'm still coaching and speaking around the world. So let's let's talk about You Unstuck, because uh, that really spoke to me when I saw that title. And um, I, I was stuck at one point in time in my career. So I understand how frustrating that is. And I like the analogy I like to use Libby is I was in a rut. And uh, if you've ever driven on a dirt road or a gravel road, I grew up on the prairies. I'm a farm boy. You get stuck in that rut. It's tough to get out of it. You can't actually see over the edges. I kind of feel when I look and read through your book that, that you're talking about that as well, helping people to, you know, be unstuck and really find growth. You're exactly right. In fact, I have a quiz in the book called How Deep Is Your Rut? And it's, it's, and everybody experiences that at some time in your life. It may be just in one area. Maybe you just can't get your fitness or your finances on track. You can't find a relationship. Maybe you feel like it's my whole life. Everything. I'm just stuck. I need to get out of what I'm doing and do something else. And it was really inspired by two women I was working with, and one had the most difficult time getting out of her own way, moving forward, and the other one with a little guidance and coaching just flew. And I put, I I really sort of codified what my process was. How do I help you build that self-awareness to see where you are? How do you identify what's next? And it, it kind of came down to three simple things was to clarify the vision of what you want for your life, both personally and professionally. Simplify the pathway for yourself, which, you know, we clutter up our lives with so many things that don't really matter. And certainly businesses, I've never yet had an executive say, I just don't have enough meetings. You know, I have too much free time. So we add so many things that aren't really mission critical, that aren't necessary. 
And then finally, once you figure that out, the vision and how to make it simpler, then you've got to execute. And along that way, and it sounds easy, it's not easy, of course, but it's a pretty simple process of figuring out what do you want and how do you get there? And as an executive coach, I just help people get there faster. These are really smart, high-level folks. They'll figure it out, but sometimes they need to see what the blind spots are, which you can't really do on your own. You need a little help for that. And then to just guide them in that learning curve faster than they would get there on their own. And it's a really wonderful process. I love it. I've been doing this now for 22 years working with all kinds of leaders in all kinds of industries. And it's, it's people in performance. It's all about leadership. Libby, the other day, I have a new massage therapist. So I've went to two appointments and I happen to have a lot of arthritis in my, in my neck. And, um, you know, I, I don't know any different. I just know what I've been told by medical professionals. So you need chiropractic and you need regular massage treatment. And my massage therapist on the second appointment said, I found what the problem is. And she was so excited. There's a couple of muscles in my front, not my, my back of my neck, in the front on my shoulders that are tight. And if she opens those up, my neck is actually able to open in ways that it's never been before. The reason I tell this long-winded story about massage therapy is it's a fresh set of eyes. How important is a fresh set of eyes in the coaching that you're doing to help those people? Because you said they're smart, they're driven, they're motivated, they're kicking ass, but a fresh set of eyes sometimes shows growth that we didn't even think possible. Critical. You nailed it, George. And I share your pain, literally. Um, but yes, you need somebody to come in and take a look. And and what I do, it can be done informally or it can be done very formally. I do 360 assessments where I look at that full circle. I talk to people you know, above you, your supervisor, your boss, maybe your clients or stakeholders, people alongside you, your peers, and people beneath you, direct reports or team members. And I ask them a lot of questions, which I've already asked the client. They've already gone through this whole laundry list of, of where their strengths and, God forbid we say weaknesses, their opportunities for development are. And then I ask a number of people because you just don't know what you don't know. And getting input from others is so critical in that, in that step. And when I do this with corporate folks, no one is privy to that information except the client. I don't share it with the company, with a file, with HR. They get that. And from there, we build a development plan. What are we going to do about it is the next step. And people can do that by asking Five, three, a dozen of their trusted friends, not who are just going to be nice or, you know, your mom or, <laughs> but people who will tell you the truth and ask them what they see as your strengths and weaknesses. I, I, I love what you're saying there. And thanks for the mom reference. Cause my mom has to love me. She doesn't have a yeah. choice. She's mom, but you're saying finding that inner circle of people who care about you enough that they would give you the real truth. Yes. And you've got to tell them you want the truth. Don't just be nice to me. I want candor. I, want, I always say it's candor and kindness. You don't want anybody to be mean-spirited or out of left field, but you want them to say, hey, you obsess about things or you, you're overthinking this or you keep taking a million courses, but you never put any of them into action. <laughs> People see that about you. And it's interesting if you, I had one, one client who did this on her own informally. She went out and asked not, not five or 10 people. She asked 30 people for feedback, put it all on a spreadsheet and cross-referenced it. And no surprise, she heard things like, you're detail-oriented. 
oriented. You leave no stone unturned. I mean, it was very validating for her to think, oh, that's what I thought. But I didn't know if that was the perception others had of me. Well, all of those items really, really valuable when it comes to understanding the fact that we might be stuck and we have to get unstuck. And this book is titled Mastering New Rules of Risk-Taking in Work and Life. The other book that I wanted to talk about is Capture the Mindshare. And I'm on a mission over the last six, eight months where I, it's not something that I've just captured. It's just, I'm going to put, like you said, I know what to do. Now I'm going to take action. The action is I want to help salespeople understand that they need to build a personal brand as much as they need to participate in the corporate branding that is going on. Like right down to the point of, I believe that if you're a sales professional, you need your own website, like your own branded website. You need your own content strategy. I'm wondering if you and I are going to argue about this and maybe disagree and commit, or are we on the same page when we talk about capture the mindshare and crafting a personal brand? You are preaching to the choir here, George. (laughs) I agree with you a hundred percent. You've got to say you're a realtor. You know, everybody's in some form of sales. You're a realtor. You work for that big company. They've got the logo and the brand, but who are you? You need to establish yourself with your, I've always said everybody, including my dry cleaner, has a website and needs one that reflects not just where you are today, but where you're going so that other people can find you, find themselves in your services or the information that you share. Yeah, when you say that, salespeople know, oh, I got to listen to this podcast because George is talking to me. That is part of your brand. So the one thing that I I have found is that, um, you know, people are humble, mostly. Um, They also are petrified. Um, So they have that analysis paralysis. Well, what happens if I create a website and, um, you know, what will people think of me? And it looks like I'm bragging and people will just think I'm building my brand. And I'm like, well, that's kind of what marketing is all about, isn't it? Right. I encounter that all the time. And people who say, I can promote anybody except myself. Well, you know, for sales folks, that's a good that's a good prescription for hunger. You've got to promote yourself. And inside corporations, you've got to learn the same thing. We need to effectively I, at one point I used to say particularly to women because they are the under promoters uh, even more often than men and data will back this up this is not just my opinion and I said at an event you, you need to be you can be graceful and strategic about it and a man who was a sponsor of this big financial services event he said I don't care if you're graceful. I don't care if you're strategic. Bang down my door. You want the promotion? You want the project? Let me know. Be in my face. And that was such a good lesson for me to say, yeah, okay, get out there and try some things. So what? You put up a website and people know who you are? I have a client who's just come back to me. First website a couple years ago. Very cautious. It's a little bit subdued. No bright colors. Just came back and said two years later. It's up there. What was I thinking? Why don't I inject some color? Why don't I make it pop? Why don't I brag a little more? I said, hello, thank you. But it, it's a growing process. It, it's a little hard if you've, you've never been visible. I went through that myself. I'm sure you did. I was you know, buried as a corporate spokesman for an organization. And I finally thought, hey, maybe I have something to say. What a concept. And got out from under that role and decided, I'm just going to start doing what I believe what I value, what I think, and see who comes along. 
One of the things that I think is really important for our audience to understand is we have these um, these conduits or channels that we can utilize to promote our brand. But you know, I'm I'm channeling something that I saw Gary Vaynerchuk talk about online uh, six months or, or so ago, where he said, "You are the platform." So the, what he's saying is the organization or the individual is the platform, not the fact that you're on Facebook or you're on Snap or you're on TikTok or insert some name of something that will be created today that will be big in six years. It's the idea that we as individuals or organizations are our own platform. And if that is the case, we need to take content creation, thought leadership, the amplification of that message quite serious. How, how do you help individuals and organizations get over that hump that they need to do it? And then what would be some top tactics you would say that they need to embrace? Well, I, you mentioned websites. I love for small business owners, for individuals and inside corporations, websites make you focus because it's a limited real estate. There's just a little area for you to say what's important. And you better in that first paragraph or even your tagline or the name of your organization, say what you do. Then you go into ex services are. So clarify that. Know what you have to offer the person. And then everything should align with that. Look, I'm working with somebody now on your testimonials have to sell what you're selling. You can have a testimonial about how fabulous you are, but if it doesn't address the kinds of things you are doing for your clients, it's kind of irrelevant. So I think really is it's that first step, clarify who you are and what you have to offer. And I always ask people to start with, what are my skills and strengths? You gotta know that, that's foundational. What are my passions and desires? That's pretty nice if you can combine those two. If you're passionate about what you also happen to be good at. And then finally, the step you cannot overlook is what is the marketplace? place want from me, whether that's internal inside your company or externally, you're going right out to consumers. Because if you're doing something that nobody needs or wants, that's a hobby. So you've got to clarify that and ask yourself those questions. And just like you said, you are the platform. I'll take it a step further. You are the brand. All those other things are just expressions of the brand. But you yourself are the walking, talking, breathing, living role model and exemplar of your brand. It's it's what you do. It's how you act. It's not necessarily what you say for everyone. Although ideally what you say in your newsletters and social media and in a sales conversation reflects your style, your beliefs, your values. And when people get on board with that, when they find you and discover who you are, then what you do and whether or not it's right for them and then you follow through on that promise, that brand promise, then you've got success for them and then for you. How, how often do you find that there's an evolution of the brand? Like the way that I look at it is when I, when I meet with companies and it doesn't matter how big, small, how, you know, how long they've been around their tenure. It's like, so when you guys started, what did you do? And there's usually a big disconnect from what they're doing today to what they started with. There's that trial error iteration. I'm wondering if that specifically ties into the marketplace comment that you had. So you had skills, you had passions and desires, and then you said, does the marketplace want what you have? And I find a lot of businesses don't go back and adjudicate that and say, is what I'm presenting as my brand, is it even resonating with the marketplace? You just go, oh, that idea was stupid. It didn't work. 
Yeah, you've got to evolve. I mean, who wouldn't want that anyway? If you're going to survive in a competitive world, big or small, you better be looking at not just what you were doing yesterday or even today, but what's coming next? I mean, if COVID taught us anything, it is we've got to be ready for the future. We've got to be ready to make those changes, be flexible and adaptable and to do it quickly. So your brand has to reflect that. If um, I told this client who's on her second iteration of her website, I said, you know, 22 years, I think I'm, I'm probably on website number nine or 10 at this point. Because you have to change the look and style, the feel, certainly the, the, the substance of what you're doing changes over time. I mean, you know, maybe there's somebody out there that can do what they've been doing for 30 years, but I'm not sure that world even exists anywhere. <laughs> Take something simple like trucking. I've worked oddly in the trucking business a number of times. Yeah, trucks aren't what they used to be. It's all run by metrics and sophisticated technology pick a business. It has changed. And we must reflect that or our customers can't find us. One thing that I've noticed, and maybe it's because I, I have the privilege and I mean that, that I get to work with a lot of early career folks because we're building a company and we're growing and we're hiring a lot of young folks. But I find that we, because we, our business is based in a, in a smaller center where there's a lot of imposter syndrome there. How do you help people get over that imposter syndrome piece as they're building their brand? It's really simple to me. And it's it's also how you define these things. Imposter syndrome means I'm stretching. I'm trying something new. I'm taking a risk. Good for me. And once you get past the, oh, they're going to find me out. They're going to know I don't know everything about my subject. Once you can just kind of come to grips with that and say, hey, pick a topic. Who knows everything about that topic? No one. The level of information that's created in it's there's some crazy statistic like from the beginning of recorded writings, you know, cave writings or whatever until the 1980s. We've created that much or more information just in the last 20, 40 years as since the beginning of time. So it changes and grows so fast, you can't possibly know everything. So get over yourself and recognize that if you're nervous, if you're scared, if you think you're going to be found out, maybe you're taking a little bit of a risk. And that's a good thing. Well, and you, you know, you mentioned that in your book, You Unstuck, when it talks about taking risk. I think part of getting, you're absolutely right, getting out of the imposter syndrome is that you're okay with taking that risk. Well, how do you help people to become a little less risk adverse so that they can stretch? Well, I take them through a, a really simple process where you look at the anxiety produced by certain things. You know, some people look at, when I go out and speak, they say, oh, I'd love to speak, but I'd be so scared to talk to this many people. Well, first of all, you don't have to, or, and I always say, start small. Go to a small group inside your company, a group of friends, try it out in your living room, go to your Rotary Club, grow it over time. So look at what causes you anxiety, how much anxiety it causes, then slowly build your risk taking. And as you build your competence and whatever it is, you will build your confidence. They go hand in hand. So confidence grows, competence grows. So just Take it in small doses and grow it. It's the people, it's like people always say to me, oh, gee, I'd love to write a book. And I always think, you know, you've probably got a book in you. I think everyone does. So go write it. Just do it. And it's it's not as hard as you think if you just stick to it. But a lot of people, 
you know, they'll say they want to do something and then they, they talk themselves out of it. And I just feel like there's a whole world out there to talk you out of things. So don't talk yourself out of it. Give it a try first. If you don't like it, do something else. Libby, in our show notes, we're going to list off all of your books and where people can get your content and your website and things like that. You talked about the coaching and you talked about the corporate work. How can people get a hold of you if they're interested in maybe getting you to do an installation for them and, and kind of look at how that you might be able to help them? They just reach out to me through my website, which is LibbyGill.com. Or my name, I kept it easy, Libby at LibbyGill.com. And I would love to hear from any of your listeners. It would be great to see who's out there and what questions they have. Well, thanks for helping us today with uh, becoming unstuck on this edition of the Conquer Local podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. step process Libby speaks on clarify your vision for life professional and personal simplify the pathway for yourself we clutter lives with things that don't matter and then execute high level folks will figure out how to improve eventually however sometimes we need someone that can help us find the blind spots to do it faster personal branding we all work for some company they've got the logo they got the brand but then who are you what is your personal brand? People buy from people. And when people think about you and your brand, what do they find? When they Google you, what do they find? It's tough to try and promote yourself when you've never been visible, whether it be analysis paralysis and saying, well, what will people think of me? They're going to think I'm bragging. Or perhaps the old sales excuse of, I can promote anyone but myself. This is a recipe for hunger, according to Libby. Becoming more confident in your expertise and realize that you have something to say, that's marketing. Self-promotion is not a bad thing. Imposter syndrome while building a brand, how do I reduce this anxiety? We all get it. I still get it to this day. It will creep in at any time. Well, first of all, you don't have to do it. You don't have to post more content. Secondly, you can start small and grow. You don't need to take these big leaps to find success. Sometimes those big leaps can be more detrimental to your success than anything. Find your pace, but start. Do something. Sitting there and looking at it and wondering what might happen. Listen, I work with a lot of folks and I've helped a lot of folks build their personal brands. And guess what? Not one of them died. They started to run some social posts. They built some content. They did some live streaming. There's not one dead person that died from doing that stuff. I think that's what we got to get over. We have this fear that something really bad is going to happen. The worst that will happen is three years from now or four years from now, or in our case, now five years into the podcast, you'll listen to one of your first episodes or one of your second season episodes and go, what the hell was I thinking? Why is my hair like that? Why did I say that word? What did I do? But the good news is you're still here. And now you have years worth of content that you built all because you made that decision at that one moment to start. 
If you liked Libby's episode discussing hopefulness and risk-taking and personal branding, let's continue this conversation by checking out episode 450, a realistic approach to sustaining your unique happiness with Gretchen Rubin. And episode 503, Anatomy of an Entrepreneur in the Master Sales Series. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for joining us this week on the Conquer Local Podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast presented by Vendasta. Guest discovery by Zoe Schneider. Marketing by Rory Lawford and Nicole Lozon. Produced by Brett Clarenbach. Executive producers Brendan King, George Leith and Colleen McGrath. Recorded at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.